and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and writers get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast and Difficulty Class, and with me each week are two amazing people who are... I'm Erin Evans, I'm the author of Empire of Exiles and the Brimstone Angels Saga. Uh, B.A. Walters, I say words about things. I'm cozy and out of it today, so let's see where this goes. So cozy. <laughs> Yes, so cozy. cozy, dear listener. I wish you. Could, I hopefully you could hear my coziness. I'm pull. I'm pulling my my jacket up a little bit. Mm. Exactly, just a mm-hmm. little. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's get cozy weather down this way right now. I've, I've borrowed you guys' weather. <laughs> I'm so curious what that means. Oh, we've had we've had some sun actually. You know, oh, all the Seattle exciting. people got like deeply offended when I was tweeting about Seattle weather and they were like, the sun is shining. I'm like, well, we've switched places because well, we get 300 days of sunshine. You get 300 days of not sunshine. And now it's <laughs> like the the what? summer here is gorgeous. It makes it very hard to travel during summer vacation because it's like, these are the good days. These are the really good mm-hmm. days and everybody's outside all the time. And then, yeah, so we had right. a very sunny weekend. That was nice. But mm-hmm. let's be real. Spring has like, sprung. It was false spring. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's false a trap. Spring. Yeah, it's a trap. It's like you get this little flowers start peeking up, bloom, and you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be warm. Then like two days later, it's like, no, actually, it's 48. I do love that this podcast has officially lasted long enough that we opened a show with a talk about weather. <laughs> yep. I mean it's relevant Spring yeah, it is yeah because you know back in the day uh, people thought uh, gods were controlling the elements and all that fun stuff and I thought it'd be interesting to talk tonight about world building religions gods myths stuff like that the you know uh, what, what what all experience do you have with that stuff I'm just putting that out as a general question Aaron is smiling ear to ear I love it I love it. Uh, I love, I love it. I love doing it even when it's already been done. Like Forgotten Realms, I definitely uh, made some uh, marks on various religious beliefs because some of it, like, this is one of those things I think that a lot of people kind of understand their own religious background. Uh, maybe like whatever is most common in in your where you live but also they don't totally understand other things so what you see a lot of in fantasy worlds is a total misunderstanding of polytheism Mm, um there's a thing called henotheism which is where you believe there are many gods but you pick one that's the one you're gonna go with Mm -hmm. and that's the vibe you get in a lot of settings so like you will be uh, a devotee of for example in the forgotten realms you might be a devotee of mistra the goddess of magic um, and then a lot of people will play it where like Mistra is your one true God. And it's like, okay, but Mistra is not in charge of making the crops grow. Mistra mm-hmm. is not in charge of getting revenge on your enemies. Mistra is not plot in charge twist, of- You can use magic for all those things. Yeah. So maybe maybe Mistra is a pretty good, pretty good option. I mean, you can use, you can use a screwdriver as a hammer, but it's not going to be as effective. I just, I just had this idea. Just go head, down the, the street to the temple of Shantia. There's like, a, <laughs> there's like an arcane cleric out there. It's just like, Mister, make these crops grow. She just appears. Like, how have you not learned growth yet? Like, what, yeah, what are you talking hard. about? No. I got you yeah. No. Right. And so there's this, this, this opportunity there because, like, the idea, the actual idea is like, if you live in the Forgotten Realms, there are all these gods, and they are all available to you. And you will probably worship all of them for all the different problems in your life. Because that's sort of the idea. Like, 
if you have polytheistic religion, you frequently have like a god who is in charge of each of everything, and some of the things will be overlaps, but there will be somebody you go to. Um, and so you won't go to, you know, Sunni, the goddess of love and beauty, for uh, making sure your boat gets across the water. But she's there if you, you know, really need somebody to notice you. Um, and so that's one thing that I, I really feel strongly about is like thinking about how do people, because this is another thing is that in fantasy stories, we often get like the gods are real, right? And yeah. they become less like, supernatural entities and more like people monsters right <laughs> and so like that is another thing where i'm like th thinking about it instead of you know here is actual mistra who can actually do these things but how would i my character that i'm working with how would i interact with this entity what does that interaction look like because that's what i'm going to deal with most of the time these are this is a world where gods can just pop down to be like Yo, I heard you praying to me. I would like to help you out. Like they, they are definitely fingers in the pie kind of gods. My gods uh, always or, show up with but, a yo. Or you didn't pray to me and have popped down <laughs> to have a word with you. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. so it comes back. Well, it, it, two things. One, I, what I was going to say right now is that always comes back to that thing about evil deities again. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, like, oh, wh oh, why feels, would feels, you worship feels. some of these? Because it's like, please don't hurt me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Umberly, please don't sink my ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Atropaic like, worship. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it's like bribing alone. the mob. Yeah. But um <laughs> but I would be remiss if I didn't insert very early in our conversation here, dear storyteller. Nobody gives a shit about your ten thousand years of history <laughs> in the War of the Gods, in in the Hesiod, in in the the divine family tree, unless, unless it is going to matter directly yep. to your narrative, yeah. directly, yeah. that you are, uh, you know, change it up a little bit. Like everybody is Zeus's illegitimate child. <laughs> Maybe your hair is a legitimate child. You know what I mean? Oh. She's all like, ooh, we don't oh. talk about that one. I kind of you know? love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like yeah. Right. I was having a really bad day. Yeah. Have you yeah. met my husband? Yeah. Because everyone that else has. Fight? You know what I mean? It's like, I too have needs. Okay. That's going be the name of the story. I too oh have God. needs about Hera's. Damn. That's child. a good I, one. I, yeah. I've never been so drawn to the idea of writing <laughs> a reframed Greek myth kind of thing as you being know, like, because because yeah she's the goddess of marriage nobody can know exactly you but know also but also it's the, it's the god of going through your your boyfriend or girlfriend's phone yep. that's yep. Hera's illegitimate yep. child that's that's the worst i mean on the one hand everybody's like Hera's the you know the the crazy jealous uh the crazy jealous partner but zeus is really doing all those things like is it you know is it paranoia yeah. when it's true you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> but I think you also got to ask yourself now, dear listener, contextually, uh, you know, I think of myself as, as a spiritual person and I'm not here to yuck anybody's yums. I, I realize that uh, on the one hand, you know, we have comic books with Thor and Loki and Hemdale and Odin in them. And those are cartoon characters to us. But to people, those are still really their gods. Yeah. I mean. Mm -hmm. It's no coincidence that everybody thinks everybody else's gods are silly. You know what I mean? And I'm all like, I got real bad news for you because that wheel keeps turning. Okay? But but I think as you're as you're designing the deities of your setting, you always got to look at it as is why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, 
did they create everything? You know, do they still interfere? Are they still alive? Why? You know, yeah. I mean, are, yeah. are they just super people? I that that does actually bring bring a question like like if you are doing a story where like the god's not going to have involvement in it but when you're making up the stuff do you have that check in your head like okay are they actually real or not well, yeah but especially because okay. it's one it's, it's one of those things that it's like if you intend to have something miraculous you need to hint to something miraculous early yeah. As, as we've talked about many times before George R. R. Martin's untimely death, he did write <laughs> at the very beginning that, dude, one of these days I'm going to be right. Um, uh, that's Someone uh, pointed that out to me this weekend, oh by my. the way. Mm -hmm. oh I said what my. I said. Yeah. Oh, uh, but the first, uh, first chapter of A Song of Ice and Fire is we see the ice zombies. Same way yeah. in the show. You see the ice zombies from the jump. It's like, you're not going to see these ice zombies again anytime yeah. because if they wait till like season four and you're like, holy shit, they're ice zombies, you'd be like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And even <laughs> when you were like, but we planned it the whole time, it's like, okay, you planned it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Versus... There was a lewd gesture there with was, that. There was a lewd <laughs> gesture. So... If your world is going to contain the miraculous, you must at least thoroughly nod to the miraculous early. Even if it's somebody tells a story about when the gods appeared and you're like, oh, that's crazy, Joe. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. listens to crazy Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, other than that, I mean, you know, otherwise you come back to the thing like Conan with Krom. You know, mm -hmm. it's like Krom. Help me, Otto Helvetio. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then he wins the fight. And you're like, did Crom help? I don't know, but you know. I yeah. forgot how much I love B Dave's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you knew it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say that'd be my cautionary thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I also think I don't feel like you need to just bolt gods onto things mm -hmm. yeah. because, again, I believe a lot of weird stuff. So I consume a lot of like uh, alternative historical content. And one of the things we always do is we look at these things that people in the past made and we're always like, it's religious. And it's like, I mean, but everything people do <laughs> now isn't religious. <laughs> like, I mean, in 10,000 years, people are going to look at Mount Rushmore and be like, oh, that must have been their gods. It's mm. like, mm, no one. Which I feel like gets into a, like a deep rabbit hole of like yep. what constitutes religion because yeah. i think there are definitely cultural beliefs right that you know they're like like the idea that that we have these leaders that are that somehow transcend their role and need to be memorialized right mm -hmm. that it is something great to have been elected into this but only for some people because who cares about millard Fillmore, for example exactly um, shout out like, to homie <laughs> that's a thing right mm -hmm. um i think too that a lot of the time like especially if you're doing it's like especially if you look at sort of like historical context there are a lot of times where religion becomes something that is so woven into the fabric you look at medieval mm -hmm. europe and the catholic church it isn't just oh yeah i go on sundays it's like this is like making all of society function in a lot of ways it is yep. woven into the whole fabric of everything yep. and so it is sort of a question like how much is religion steering your culture right mm -hmm. yep. one thing for like for empire of exiles and also for relics of ruin which is done now you guys um, <laughs> this is you know this is like 10 different nations that are now all sort yeah. of jammed together right and so you have different uh religious notions coming in here and some of them are sort of suddenly incompatible 
like Kiraj has a lot like in Kiraj the river is the main god right now the river's not there mm-hmm. so how do we reconcile this it's like Kohaku. there's do what it's Kohaku spirited away river Kohaku there ah, gotcha. sorry go ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> then a dragon shows up and book three then a dragon there it is. shows up yes. plot twist and there's a there's a point in the book where one of the characters is is sort of like talking about this and he says like you know he wouldn't say he doesn't believe in either that he's that he is an an unbeliever especially he wouldn't say it out loud he goes to the temple he prays to the gods but at the same time he he doesn't know that he actually believes these specific things can a river god spit out the sun on the other side of the world when he knows the horizon never ends yeah right but then these other things he believes like as though they are instinct like this this ability to sort of look at it and the the fact that the situation of the world forces people to look at it um in relics of ruin then one of the main characters is uh an illusion and the illusions believed their gods were like in the mountains they lived in and so when they left the mountains they're like well we left the gods they still believe in the gods but they're like but they're not here anymore so we're kind of fucked and this is like integral to their their culture and the worldview and it's also kind of integral to their children being like okay but we're not really that fucked so <laughs> maybe maybe the mountains aren't actually gods maybe mm-hmm. i don't know um, and that can be a thing, right? Like you can have something happen that shifts society and shifts the way they look at their religion. And this because like because of the notion of the nature of the story, whether the gods are real or not is largely moot. Like mm-hmm. I don't care. Okay. I care more about the way that those characters show their belief or non-belief like there's a character in relics of ruin who every time he comes into his apartment he puts down a series of coins in front of a couple of figurines of gods that are important to him um and this is something he does every time he walks in it's like an instinct and then at the end of the week he takes them all down to the temple right um and so this is someone who's like got a daily religious kind of observance and then you have other people who are like actively questioning like what they've been brought up with um and and because there isn't like you know why like why did no one stop this road raging catastrophe is an overarching question but it's also kind of like not the one i'm interested in so i don't care whether they're real or not um that's up for questioning but But if i I had like clerics doing spells yeah then i might care more yeah well, also, I think you you get graded on a curve for two reasons. One, it's fantasy, and two, you've accounted for magic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having having a god show up in the third book or the tenth book, if you're if you're blessed to do so, as long as somebody's <laughs> like, "The hell have you been?" and they were like doing this specific thing, then you know, <laughs> you're like, okay, you know. Um, I think though, especially if you're writing fantasy. Um, you don't have to feel obligated to bolt gods onto it. And it's funny because as much as everybody consciously or unconsciously kind of uh, copies Tolkien in fantasy in Western Sword and Sandal, I haven't really seen anybody duplicate the complexity of the Valar. Yeah. You know, it's just like, no, this is the god of the harvest. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) this is the god of storms. Like, that's cool too. You know, I I think when you're Dolores first book of Greek myths. Yeah. When you fish, I was going to say Fisher Price. So you were were (laughs) kinder than me. But I I think if you're going to do it again, just ask yourself why. You know what I mean? And I mean, hey, plenty of people have had sky gods. 
And so if you're just like, this is the God of the sun, because reasons, I mean, that's valid, I guess, as long as it, as it matters or to Aaron's point, they just think it's relevant. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, the sky God, the sun God gives me strength and you're like, yeah. all right, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think you, you would be well within your rights to just have people do things for human motivation or whatever mm -hmm. alien motivation, um, you attach to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, although Klingons, shout outs to Kayless and Thekla. <laughs> yeah. I think too, like you, you see sometimes like when people are starting out, like they want to flesh out a whole pantheon of gods. Yeah. Yes. Right? Which is also how you frequently get the not a prologue where we describe the pantheon of gods and how they made the world. And here's the thing. You don't need that. Right. No. Even if you're like looking at a source book and you have all of those, you're not going to use them all. It's just like, hey, which of these do you want to pick to care about? Right. For mm -hmm. this. And so you could have a situation where like you have a group of people who clearly have a panoply of gods, but we're not going to talk about all of them because all of them aren't going to press on the story. Right. So you might have, you know, a, 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 central god who let's say it's the sky god but the sky god doesn't really come up right so you might be like oh i passed the by the sky god's temple but i go to the tailors the, the god of the tailors because i'm a tailor and this tailors. is important and that's where i see the murder happen uh maybe that's just me <laughs> that anyway. escalated so quickly <laughs> <laughs> i needed a hook <laughs> murder is always a good hook mm -hmm. um like you can hint at it right so like you know, okay, so like in Relics of Ruin, the, the gods on the altar, right? It's a god of good luck. It's a god of preventing, uh, that he keeps it for, for keeping the house from burning down, basically. It's like a prevention of misfortune kind of thing, like a, a trickster god who also turns away misfortune. And then this little dog spirit that he, that's actually not from his religion, but he found it and it reminds, his, reminds him of his dog when he was a kid. Right. So he's like, okay. So he has this weird syncretism going on. Right. I am a hundred percent sure that the Datongu brought way more gods than that, right? That they have way more things going on than the the good luck child and Yakshuka, the twisted winged trickster god. Mm -hmm. Right. But these are the things that you keep in these are your household gods. These are the ones you keep close. Yeah. And I Reach is not going to temple. Reach is not going and like, you know, doing his his regular uh stuff he's got a job to do we don't have time to write pages about that mm -hmm. so we don't know and i don't care right and if at some point i need to make up you know the great granddaddy lightning god then okay i'll do that but you don't have to make the t the pantheon and i genuinely feel like having a vague idea of what it looks like like this is many gods this is like gods that are centrally like located on various cities this is you know uh gods that are kind of overlapping or we're going to tilt real hard toward harvest gods like yeah. having a general idea about who this culture is and what they might need and then just as you brush against it going okay well this is going to be this right and and don't you don't need to build out the whole thing and if you do build out the whole thing you don't need to tell everybody it because it <laughs> might not matter and then they passed by a, a person on the street, and then there's four pages of <laughs> info dumping about all of the gods. He was clearly a worshiper. So he, clearly, it's funny you mentioned the the henotheism, uh, the mm -hmm. the worship of one god without rejecting the others. There's also cathenotism, uh, uh, which is worshiping whichever god is necessary right now. <laughs> it's the, it's, it is a, a rotational thing. I've never thing, heard which, of that one. I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
uh, that which makes, makes me total think sense. That makes me think of uh, Benny and the Mummy just holding. I would up literally the that. <laughs> yeah. just the, just this is why we're the, friends. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the language of the slaves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he's just like going one by one. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That. Uh, hey, shout out to the Mummy. Um, <laughs> but what about you, Trevor? We we've soaked up a lot of the oxygen in here talking about well, this. Like, what do the, you think? Like, I, I will say this is probably the area that, like, I'm most shaky on for myself of, like, I, I don't think I have perfected it. I, I will find myself building out things and being like, I don't know why I need to know this. Um, and and so, yeah, it, it I I do enjoy doing, like, the, the multitudes of gods and stuff like that. Uh, but one of the things, a project that I'm, I'm working on, and I don't, I don't want to say too much about it because mm. it's kind of a twist in it, but like there, I, there was a reason for me to come up with certain gods because uh -huh. they were going to end up being clues to things. And like with that one, I, I know there are gods there, but I haven't decided like, yeah, what they are gods of mm -hmm. and and that's one thing I'm playing around with. It's like, okay, do I do the thing where it's like they are gods of elements or they are gods of kind of uh, concepts and stuff like that? Um, and that one, I, I don't really know what to do because I haven't built out the culture enough, right? Like, they, mm, it's that's just kind of the thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's really the thing is because, like, I guess in my head, they're, they're more like, like a Germanic um, sort of uh, like medieval society. Mm -hmm. um, and you know i going over there is just like okay well in medieval times it was it was that one uh it was mono <laughs> it was monolithic um yeah <laughs> actually <laughs> like, this is and this is sorry this is like a thing is is the more you can read about the you know the various ways that people have conceptualized the divine like yeah. the more you see like so many good options oh yeah like i one thing about um sort of medieval Catholicism is you see a lot of places where pagan gods become saints. Yep. Right. And so you can kind of oh, trace like back and Christmas go, in really Easter in, <laughs> and holidays, in, in, right? in uh, the Virgin Mary and almost all of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which some of it is sort of like, it is, it is a kind of syncretism, right? Where it's like, we want you to do this, but you like that holiday a lot. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Mm -hmm. You can keep it, but now the symbolism's all different. <laughs> our, our God was additionally born on December twenty fifth. Yeah, what? what a this we, is, we, we, we have so much in common. Uh, yeah. This is one of my favorite things with Egyptian religion hmm. is that there's such a flexibility of like how things get absorbed and gods get added, and so you can find things where like. You say like, well, who is Hathor married to? It's like, well, it depends what city you mean. Mm -hmm. right? Who is the wife of Set? Well, it depends on when, because once we contacted um, this Near Eastern civilization, he took on these two wives that were goddesses there because we were like, hey, swapsies, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's just this like, if and when you get into Roman times, like it, it accelerates almost because it's just sort of like, like it's totally fine to be like, oh, here, you know, we'll just look we're borrowing this and you're borrowing this and now we're all God. cool right i just realized it's... one country one culture taking over another and marrying their gods is the most violent form of shipping that has ever existed <laughs> <laughs> not inaccurate i don't think i'm gonna be okay for the rest of the night after that thought <laughs> it's not inaccurate no. not inaccurate yeah, yeah that's well in 
two, I think you also got to ask yourself, it's like, what kind of world is this? Yeah. You know, because obviously uh, human beings have come up to with a couple of different answers to the same questions in our <laughs> world, uh, and they believe them very fiercely. You yeah. know, I think if you've got a world where um, Horus can descend from a cloud, obviously I think Horus should have quite a bit more pull in that world <laughs> <laughs> where you were like, where's your God? Mine is right over there, you okay. know? You know, and yet, you know, that still would not completely deny other people worshiping other ones, especially uh -huh. if there had been some kind of conflict. I mean, even in the, the Greek and Roman pantheon, uh, the gods, Zeus's pantheon, beat the old titans, you know? Um, and so, um, and to what you were saying before, it's, you know, it's like, are they primal energies? Are they the the one yeah. true creator? Is there, and, 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 and this isn't even accounting for genre, of course, yeah. because I think if you're doing sci-fi, but you want the gods to be real, uh, you got to do a lot more heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where, where like, you were do like, the, do the gods know about string theory? Uh exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, there's a book, um, Oh, and I'm completely forgetting the title and the author, but it's fairly famous. It's um, uh, it is tr it is it is the the Iliad, but it's on Mars. Like oh. Troy appears on Mars, and like the like from oh. Earth, they have telescopes and can see, and they're like, oh shit, that's I'm Troy. googling they're, this. They're fighting this on Mars. So familiar. Ilium. Yeah. Ilium. Yeah. 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 It, well, they literally just take any. Holy crap! Who wrote that, by the way? Uh, that was uh, Dan Simmons. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know oh, why I'm I know that so clearly. But I this. this is yeah. fitting into my hyper-focus right now, and I'm very happy. You know, <laughs> glad I could do that for you. But but again, you know, like, like there's ways, but if you're like, this is Star Trek, and we just ran into Athena, and it really is Athena, not just yeah. somebody posing as Athena, you know? You got to do a little more heavy lifting. And again, yeah. nod to that kind of thing much, much earlier in the story. You know, versus um, if you're doing something just completely set in the modern day, again, I think audiences will accept the divine and miraculous. Uh, mm -hmm. You just need to signal it. Like, I mean, the fourth John Wick is coming out here in a couple of days. If John Wick sees Jesus now, we're going to be like, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is John Jesus. Wick sees Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right? You know what I mean? like, Jesus just drops into a freaking like defense position. It's like, exactly. all right, this is how we're sending out the series. Let's go. Exactly. This is the last. This is the last battle. You know what I mean? So, I I think that asking yourself why and remaining consistent is more important. You know, it's like um, Immortals, the movie that put Henry Cavill on the map. Which I actually really like. Um, you know, the the gods are fighting these uprising of these monsters. I don't even remember where the monsters were coming from. Oh, um, but uh, a bunch of the gods get killed. And at the time, the director, whose name also escapes me now, was like, people were like, you can't kill the gods. And he's like, yes, I can. I'm an atheist. Ah, ha, ha. And I was sort oh of my like, God. like, well, that's just kind of like a douchebag reason to just like be yeah. executing gods. <laughs> yeah. Love that movie, though. Shout out to Stephen Dorff. I, I I did not see that I've one. Never yeah. heard. Well, I, I okay, like. I see I, why it actually came out on my first the day my first son was born. So I was busy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I can you the way. It's yeah. It's not. It's it's good. It's it's worthwhile. I mean, oh, it's, just a, yeah. it's just a popcorn action movie. But I mean, the action sequences are pretty neat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This was like the hyper stylized one. Yeah. Holy crap! That is Henry Cavill. Yeah, wow. it was kind of like it's kind of like right after three hundred. It was like the next thing to yeah. kind of take a bite at that aesthetic apple. 
but also a lot of much younger shirtless Henry Cavill, which sells itself, let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the question of like the, the, like what types of things are they gods of uh, so, probably bugs me more than it should. Uh, well, here's the thing I can, I wanted to add about oh, that. Yeah. When you look at other pantheons, it is not the case always that they have like one clear domain, right? You mm -hmm. have almost like a personality that ends up orienting towards general concepts, but it is sort of like, for example, if you want to define the Egyptian goddess Hathor as the goddess of love and beauty, you are leaving behind a lot of stuff. Her role as an underworld goddess, her role as a personification of the sun's rays, mm. her role as the goddess of drunkenness, her role as the eye of Ra, the punisher of, of his enemies. Like, there are a lot of things that she's accumulated um, a lot through this, like, oh, but you have these interesting details. Let me have them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you've got all these things that sort of come together in this entity. And so when you just say, oh, it's this thing, um, it's simpler, but it is not really representing what that the whole of that is, right? Yeah. Similar, like like when we talk about about Athena, right? We talk a lot about Athena, goddess of war, but she's yeah. the goddess of like crafts too. Yeah. Like she's the weaving goddess. That's why the whole thing with Arachne happened. Yeah. I'll play in your right? battle like an ace, but I will also show you a nice basket. <laughs> For a lot mm -hmm. of those Greek gods too, they get those epithets that are sort yeah. of like this god, but in this this particular style. And yep. so you could even be like looking for like roles more than than domains, right? Yeah. If you want to be like, oh, they're you know, if, if, if trying to figure out like how to limit them to a concept is overwhelming, you might just kind of like go, you know, what would be a cool feel here is like I want someone who's a real girl boss bitch, mm -hmm. and that's this goddess, and then pick out what goes with it. Which is like related. I love reading uh, hagiographies, like saints. Oh biography. yeah. And then figuring out what their patron saints of, because there's always a reason, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's bananas. Like I love Saint Veronica is supposed to be the woman who like wiped Jesus's face when he was going down the 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 road to the mm -hmm. where the, the crucifixion mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. she has the cloth with his face on it so she's always like this so she's like the patron saint of bullfighters because she's always holding up a cloth she's the patron saint of makeup artists because his face is on the on the oh cloth my gosh. uh i can't remember the other ones but it'll be stuff like that where it's like you know here's this person who did this thing and then we want to attach these smaller things to someone yeah. so we all attach them in in ways that if you just looked at this list of things this person is the patron saint of you're like what the what but if you look at the whole story that goes with them you're like oh i get it now and it's very entertaining i would love to play a party game based on this <laughs> i don't think anybody would play it with me i, I super would play I it would with totally you then we have to take a shot every time there's an illegitimate child though <laughs> yeah, it's like you draw a bunch of sticks and you have a bunch of like concepts and then you have to make up the story of the patron saint of all of these concepts <laughs> i like that i think that's actually really good oh uh, uh, okay well, one of the other things though that i wanted to, to talk about was oh, laundry uh, workers that's the one i forgot just you may not be makeup workers. artists photograph the... photographers it's photographers I, 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 not makeup artists and laundry workers i, I would i mean especially because photography didn't exist at the time um 
I would say two things in my history with this. One, I was helping a friend come up with a modern pantheon of gods, and he was like, what would the avatar of the internet look like? And I said, a really slutty librarian. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn I'm just, it. I'm just saying, think about it. I'm just um, saying. My, my, my second favorite, where we're talking about illegitimate children, uh, this is another one of those ones that I've read so much, and, and I don't know that I've ever even said out loud, is uh, Eric Thonius, Eric Thonius. Um, which, where Eric Thonius comes from, again, I apologize for my um, butchering of the Greek language, but I reiterate, I'm from Arkansas. I'm not even supposed to know these words. Um, <laughs> Hephaestus was in love with Athena, uh, and Athena was yep. the eternal virgin, so she didn't want anything to do with him. Also, Hephaestus was so ugly that his mother literally threw him off of Olympus when he was a baby. That's why he crashed to Earth and walked with Olymp. Uh, putting uh, earmuffs on the kids here momentarily while I tell the rest of this story. <laughs> Hephaestus wants it from Athena and is literally chasing him around jacking uh, as she's running from him and ejaculates, hits her leg and it drips to the ground and Gaia oh feels God. bad for him and allows the baby to be born. <laughs> and then that's where Arachthonius comes from. Oh my is, God. Yep. 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 What? That's wild. Okay. Yep. So, oh my God. I don't Here. Uh, here, I'll, I'll put that's how you spell the name. Weird. Chat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a thing to to consider. I mean, okay. That was a, this was where I was gonna go. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it? I I, was, when, I, when I, was, I, I was gonna talk about like like making up myths and that they are weird, but oh, you, okay. you 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 go you go through. Uh, my argument is they're not weird for the people who believe them. Yeah. Like, do you mean, think there are some like Greek and Roman things where there are definitely writers who are sort of like pushing an envelope that's like maybe that's not actually a thing, especially if they're talking about someone else. Don't ever <laughs> trust that. That's always <laughs> nonsense. Um, but yeah, so like it's it when you have a myth and the myth persists, the myth is reinforcing something, mm -hmm. right? The myth is telling you a truth about the world from mm -hmm. the perspective of the people who are retelling it or from the people who want everybody else to go along with this particular <laughs> viewpoint, right? Um, and like, that's, that's the main thing. And so, you know, one thing is a myth is never going to be, it's going to have specifics like, you know, he ejaculated on her leg, mm -hmm. not like, and then something hit her, right? right? There are specific points where it matters, but it's not going to have a lot of back and forth, right? There's not in this, like, what did Hephaestus say? And then what did Athena say? And yeah. then what did Hephaestus say? And then why did she start running? Or did he start running first? Like, like they're condensed. They're quick to tell. They are meant to be sort of, like, told in, in they're often, like, especially with Greek myths, they're told sort of, like, as asides almost yeah. in larger stories. Um, and some of that is sort of like, well, what persisted? What's, what do we still have access to? Because there are definitely things where it's like, you know, the, you know, in ancient Egypt, the, the amount of sort of certain kinds of texts that we have is just very small, right? So mm -hmm. there are examples of things that are clearly like meant to be like literature, but then we don't have a lot of them. So you can't really make, there are some, some explain some sort of like just um, generalizations is hard to make because you just don't have that many things. So how common was this? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, the perils of writing on extremely biodegradable paper. <laughs> People didn't take, I mean, the one guy did definitely take his porno into his tomb because we do have that, but. Um, As one does. 
the uh he said delete my browser history actually i will be honest i don't actually know remember where that papyrus was discovered but there is if you have not seen it there is what is that called there's a papyrus that is filthy it was you know aside filthy. from aside from porn papyrus which of which there was quite a bit um you know there's also a practical upside to a lot of these things too where you look at these is like conceptual where you have Ares, the god of war Ares, erotic papyrus Ares is, I mean, that's the name of the spinoff podcast. Uh, Ares is the god of war, but Ares is the god of like the gross parts of war, whereas Athena is the goddess of the good parts of war, like bravery and heroism, where yeah. Ares is like god of fucking people up, right? So, but Ares has children with Aphrodite, who's the goddess of love, but their children, their offspring are Eros, Anteros, Phobos, Demos, and Harmonia. Yeah. Uh, Eros, again, is passionate love. You know, out of yeah. like war and love, you get passionate love. But also, Phobos and Demos are panic and terror. You know, these things that are born out of heightened emotional states and things. So it's not just um, completely random or arbitrary of yeah. whomst with whomst begets whomst. You know, like Kronos, the Titan of Time, is yeah. the father of Zeus and Hades and Poseidon. Mm -hmm. You know, the underworld can't come into existence unless there is an eternity. The oceans, you know, Zeus, the skies, the mountain, like the most fundamental forces are born expressly just out of time. Yeah. Uh, without time, those things cannot be. So as you look at those... Um, uh, um, family trees such as, as it is um you see how these things like start to fit together and the things tend to get more and more and more specific uh, as you go down and, and mm -hmm. out of these like otter combinations which then the narratives have to support so again dear friends um does your story need that you know does your story need a goddess of the harvest that matters to aaron's point i mean just because mm -hmm. they have an effigy that everybody's like shout out to the goddess of the harvest that's fine but if she actually matters well you know is she the daughter of persephone and hades you know what i mean does she only see her mom for six months at a time she's got to go back into the underworld does the whole earth go to sleep during that time and does your hero have to do something that requires a blossoming of a sacred plant that is not gonna happen because she's in the underworld so then they got to do something about it and mm -hmm. so on and so on and so on and so on you know there's a thing you mentioned that I wanted to touch on for flavor purposes. Mm -hmm. like, Was it another like smut papyrus? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> there's only, I it's actually, there's that. only one erotic papyrus that they've found. I, I don't, found I don't think I'm going to be okay after seeing that. <laughs> yeah, the first section is like, it's got like animals doing people stuff. It's like a comic book, like a kid's comic book. It's... And then the middle section is this guy having like very, very acrobatic sex uh was i think a couple women they're, they're... <laughs> so the guy was a furry too great the, the animals don't have sex they do stuff like uh offer things yeah i think there's cats offering to mice if i remember right which Weird. is sort of like i love the idea that someone made this I was like this is so fucking hilarious look at this cats making <laughs> offerings to mice <laughs> It's yep. delightful. God. But okay, so you mentioned yep. Athena and Ares are both gods of war, but Athena is the god of sort of noble war and Ares is the god of sort of bloodshed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And this idea, it's that, that what's that, um, that apocryphal thing, like, oh, Eskimos have a hundred words for snow, right? Yeah. That, 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 or 
you know, um, you know, you talked about uh, ancient Egypt, and you will see different goddesses personify the sort of the effects of the sun. So, right, the generative effect of the sun is one goddess, and like the punishing rays of the sun is Sekhmet, right? Mm -hmm. um, the sun, when it's very low, is this goddess, right? The, or, or is this the effect of it, right? Which is different from the sun, right? Mm -hmm. And then the sun as like an entity becomes multifaceted and you have like the disc of the sun and you have the like the power of the sun and when the sun is low it is like one god and when it is high it is one god because this is a very important thing when you live kind of you know out in the desert mm -hmm. and so that idea like if you show me a culture and you're like we have uh 16 harvest gods mm -hmm. right and and so i'm gonna go talk to number 14 Right. Then yep. that tells me something about your culture. And obviously 16 is a lot. Probably like that God will stop the mice from eating my barley right? seeds in particular. I need that one. Right. Yeah, if right. you have something where there are very like specific elements, like you'll have that kind of, of fine gradation, but only in a culture where that's important. Right. So mm -hmm. if you're going to have something like that, that tells me something. And, and so that something should be important. Um, and mm -hmm. it can be really cool and exciting. Um, but again, like there is a certain amount of like, you know, use use your use your words wisely. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's fair. In my uh, personifications of Tiamat, who I love for all time and eternity, I always have her be pissed about the fact that even canonically in the D&D &D, uh, story, I mean, as canonical as anything is, she and Bahamut really did make everything. Like they, mm -hmm. they were the starting force, at least, you know, except in the stories where they weren't. And <laughs> she's, yeah. And she's always pissed off about the fact that she gets no credit for this. You know what I mean? That like they're the plus and the minus that out of the one and the zero that out of which reality erupts. And everybody's like, oh, Bahamut. But, you know, everybody forgets, you know, the queen of chaos. Um, <laughs> Bahamut sucks. Um, <laughs> I had to I had to have Paladine in a story today who's another version of Bahamut, and I'm like, still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um you know, the, the first stream I ever did was called the Theogony of Kairos, because it was all about the bloodline of the gods, about these people becoming mm -hmm. gods. So like the the Theogony of Hesiod, uh, you know, light reading that that is is always a, a, a favorite of mine. But it's interesting that you think to just sit and ponder this in such a you know discounting divine revelation because obviously if hermes showed up and told you gg but if you're just like hmm how must this have shook out you know like if, <laughs> if i've got these gods huh well probably like this you know and then you i mean you think um, about how how hard it is to even know your own human family back you know four generations much right? less you know, back to the Titans. And you're like, well, there was that awkward period where grandpa swallowed all the babies. <laughs> you, know? you just want to go back and be like, Hesiod, nobody cares about your 10,000 years backstory. <laughs> I mean, Hesiod's the one. The one. <laughs> he's the exception was... that proves the rule. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Hesiod was writing fan fiction. You know what I mean? Like, the gods are already around. You know what I mean? So he's all like, well, let me tell you why uh, Hera doesn't like Hercules. Okay. So, all right. So Zeus was like a swan, okay? And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, and I guarantee you a lot of that stuff that doesn't make sense comes down to two things. I think it comes down to translation yeah. in cultural context that would have meant something different to them. My, like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, they were aware of what they're saying. They're like, he became a swan? And you're like, yeah, there, there, a there's, swan. There's... She just boned a swan. <laughs> 
mean, I don't think she was into it, from what I understand. But yeah, right. so the the, this the makes number more one questions about Zeus. The number one Greek story for me that stands out is that was like, okay, no, someone came in and said you have to make this relevant. Besides like, so Hephaestus bouging on Athena's calf. Yeah, <laughs> see that one I didn't know before tonight. No, <laughs> it was it was like baby Heracles, where it was just like, oh no, uh, the mortal mom can't feed Heracles because he's a demigod. So like, uh, uh, one of the other gods, I can't remember who it was, puts him outside of the walls of Athens and he starts crying and Hera, who took midnight walks through that area, heard the baby crying, was like, oh, you're hungry. So she fed him, but then she didn't know that it was a demigod and then it bit really hard on her nipple and she pulled it away and the milk that sprayed out made the Milky Way in the sky. And that's the one where I'm like, no, someone wrote this first part because they're like, it doesn't make sense that Heracles could feed from a mortal. And they're like, yeah. okay, but you got to make it like fit into something. <laughs> right. Cool, 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 cool. I got you. Yeah, I got this you. This actually leads to a different thing. Like, if your gods are going to appear, um, this is a place where I feel like you really got to watch your tone. Because mm. it might be that it's meant to be funny. But it's really easy to end up poking fun at it and undermine your own world building. If your mm -hmm. god is, like, just a dopey mortal, what the fuck is this whole religion about? Yeah. And so when you, if they are going to show up making them, like I really love Madeline Miller's Circe. And one of the things that happens <sighs> is when gods show up, they are really scary. They are mm -hmm. really scary without being like tradition. They're not like monstrous, right? But you yeah, just they are realize, truly awesome. Literally yeah, awesome. Right? Where mm. you just kind of realize, oh no, you don't want to piss this. You don't want to piss Hermes off. Right, yeah. he seems like a cool, fun guy, but also you should not tell him he might be wrong about anything, because yeah. it will end badly. Mm. And yeah. and that feeling of they are more than human, they are something else, can really like make that make make that choice to put a god on the page um, work a lot better. I don't know when I did Brimstone Angels, like God showed up, right? Asmodeus would show up, yeah. and one of the things yeah. that I one of the things I chose to do when Asmodeus shows up is that like if Lor when Lorcan's in the room when Asmodeus shows up, Lorcan is suddenly blind and prostrate. He may not look upon Asmodeus, right? Mm -hmm. He's just down and that's mm -hmm. it, right? And one of the ways that the cracks start to show because in that book, Asmodeus and Azuth were merged and they're coming apart is that like Lorcan can suddenly like open one eye and sort of see this and hear him differently. Um, there's a point where someone notes that it's changed because, uh, because she was in Asmodeus's presence and he told a joke and she was like, what the fuck? And they're like, she's like, have you ever heard him laugh? And he's like, she's like once at a distance and my bones tried to jelly themselves. Like, <laughs> like it's terrifying to be in front of Asmodeus. And if you do look on him, he's beautiful, right? He's mm -hmm. not scary. He's the most gorgeous being that ever existed because he's meant to be this like kind of like pull towards sin and, and, and power and things like mm -hmm. that. And so like embodying what your God is meant to sort of like, really feel most important about and also putting them above and outside of their worshipers like will give you a lot of that that oomph versus mm -hmm. like it's a glowing version of a person also there's <laughs> there's one other thing that you got to be aware of too if the god starts showing up why don't the gods solve the problem? Yeah. yeah. Because then you immediately fall back on, well, mortals have to help themselves. You know what I mean? And then you're like, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. You know, like that's that's pretty cheap. Or the gods try and help and can't. Like the god gets beat up. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I mean, 
now I got to believe Perseus can do this when I just watch Hercules get work to like, I mean, okay, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, something to be mindful of, like why aren't, don't they just show up and God their way out of this problem? Yeah. Um, in a way beyond just like, you know, mortals must do for mortals, you know, cause it's, that is sort of just like, you know, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, uh, we're getting towards the end of the episode here. Any last thoughts on religions, gods, myths, and the like? That I would be remiss if I did reiterate that nobody cares about your 10,000 years of history. <laughs> you know, for a thousand what? generations, the Jedis were the peacekeeper of the old Republic. You know, I mean, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like, I'm good. And if Tolkien had led with the Silmarillion, yeah. none of us would have ever heard of that dude. You know what I mean? Like, he started with this, like, cute little fat dude that didn't want to leave his house for a road trip, and it, and it beget all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would say the best way to introduce these things is organically through the medium. And if you are blessed to have something that is successful enough that people really care about it and give a damn about it, well, then you can be like, okay. Well, then here's all this stuff, you know? Let me tell you how the Valar were begotten. <laughs> and again, I mean, I'd, I'd say a, a fraction of a fraction of Tolkien fans know anything about the Silmarillion, but it's there for the ones that want it, and its influence helps in the background to just as, as like, context, you know? Context. Things uh, that we didn't touch on that fall under stuff your character might care about in the, the, the space right in front of them, right? Um, any kind of religious objects, you know, do they wear a symbol? Mm. Do they have an amulet? Do they, are there, is there a way you dress that, that is specific to, uh, your religion and your culture that is related to that, right? Um, are there taboos, right? Are there things we don't do, foods we don't eat, uh, words we don't say, mm. uh, you know, there's, there's all, do you, do you know, do you spit when you hear something that refers to the bad luck side of, of your religion, um, mm -hmm. Do you, do you what leave kind of swears out? are there? What like kind the of swears are there? And yeah. Yep. So and 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 thinking about you know, like how swears develop, right? And and being sort of specific about it and getting getting the you know if you're looking for something, thinking about what is sacred and what is profane fundamentally. Like mm -hmm. what is what is what is the stuff that's you know impure and dirty and also maybe is where your swears come from and mm -hmm. where's the stuff where we are careful with it um these these sorts of things help sort of shape your character's whole worldview and and will shape sort of your story and your setting if you're going to use elements of this right um gosh i thought there was one other beat in there but i got it i think taboos objects uh swears yeah i can't think of the other one prayers i guess mm. um if they do that because it might be that that's not really how you communicate with your god um yeah so i guess there's one other thing too again issuing the disclaimer that literally every debate humans have had applies are the gods infallible are they all powerful just because mm -hmm. they show up and say something is it true mm. yeah. yeah yeah no i like that uh, well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. Uh, oh, there is something I, I want to bring up, actually. Uh, we put up a poll over the weekend uh, naming the uh, naming our, our little Dargan friend in the uh, uh, fan art that was sent in by John. Uh, and the winner was George. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even remember how did we get to George. Uh, it made I would say like it was a boring Steve. name. We and then... boring names. You said Stephen, and then I thought you. I thought of George R. R. Martin. And I was I like, it's George. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so betrayed by you people. <laughs> I wish you all could see the stare that he has right now. <laughs> the slander. But this is the good George. <laughs> Go be There's a St. George. He's, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God. What, yeah, what is St. George? Oh, no. Penny patronages of St. George exist. He's got a whole page for patronage. Agricultural workers, farmers, field workers, soldiers, archers, armors, equestrians, cavalry, saddle makers, chivalry, peacekeeping missions, skin diseases, leprous and leprosy, <sighs> syphilis, sheep, shepherds, scouting, and England. You know, you had me a chivalry. So that that was like people that went ranging in because they ran into all those things. No, I like, know, George, but I please. just looked yeah. at the last one in England. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? All of mm -hmm. England. All right. Hey, hey, hey! I I am I am a man of the people. If that was the will of the people, then it was the will of the people. Fine, it was the will. Fine. Uh, if you if you were on if, that, thank I, you. I, if you I, did. I will say if they'd voted for his name to be Martin, I would have ruined this house in my anger. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well that uh now is a good place to wrap things up uh thank you all so much for listening uh but uh friends where can people find you and what awesome things you're working on you can find me on twitter at erin m evans uh you can join me on mondays at 1 30 p.m pacific for concentration check a co-writing space uh come get some work done do some pomodoro sprints with me and you can pick up my new book, Empire of Exiles, a pseudo locked room murder mystery with a bunch of nerds and magic, uh, wherever fine books are sold. B. Dave Walters, I say words about things. Doing um, multiple charity games coming up soon. I don't yeah. know when you're going to hear this, but we got uh, one tomorrow. coming up here. Oh, yeah. Well, here, Friday on the 24th, we got one. Next Wednesday, the 29th, we got one coming up. I'm going to raise some money, try and help some people have a good time. Uh, also got my courses, 14-day DM, 14-day player, 14-day writer. And also, um, if you want to come and play in person with me, D&D or Vampire, uh, you can do that now. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter Ooh. at B-Day Walters. Ooh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there. Uh, I am currently doing a, uh, a, a limited series game with Dungeon Scrawlers. Uh, it's called Adventurer's Guide to the Multiverse, and it is as wacky as that name might uh, make you think. And it's uh, <laughs> honestly, it's so good right now from like me watching the players do stuff that I'm like, I might change the ending I had in mind because y'all are doing something better. Uh, <laughs> I, I, That's I, always fun. Yeah, I, I'm genuinely loving every episode of this game, uh, and that's gonna be. That's that's on uh, twitch.tv slash dungeon scrollers every other Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it goes live, it is not this Wednesday, it is the next Wednesday. But there are two episodes that you can watch uh, on their YouTube channel. So be sure to check those out. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice and telling your friends about the show. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or uh, topic suggestions, or anything like that, you can send them into writing about dragons and shit at gmail.com. And if you'd like to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at about dragons. But until next week, go write about some dragons and shit. Oh, <laughs>